You are listening to the Indie Game Development Podcast Show, sponsored by Curiosoft Kids Games and the letter E. Visit the Indie Game Development Podcast site at www.indiegamepod.com. This is Action from the Indie Game Development Podcast Show. Uh, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Amanda Fitch, and I am the owner of Amaranth Games, and I just created a game called Aviant recently. Okay, cool. Um, how did you get into games? I got into games at a very early age. Um, I, I think I started uh, making them when I was about eight years old, except not on a computer. <laughs> not on a computer. It wasn't that great. Um, mostly just with cardboard and glue. And then I, I got out of it for quite a while, but when I graduated from college, I was bored, and I wanted to play a game, and I couldn't find a game that I wanted to play, so I said, I'll make one, and that's where I got started. Okay, cool. Um, well, talk about that uh, first game you made out of cardboard. What, what was it exactly about? <laughs> the first game I made out of cardboard was sort of like one of those uh, Dungeons & Dragons games that people play at tables together, oh, except cool. that except that it was on a, on a board, sort of like a Monopoly board. And you'd roll the dice and you'd move your little guy around, and if you'd hit like a treasure box, you'd, you'd get to uh, draw a treasure card and see what you got. Or if you hit a monster, uh, if you hit like a monster section, you'd have to fight a little monster and you might get something out of it. So pretty much it's very similar to what I'm creating now, except much more rudimentary. Okay. Uh, did you? How long did it take for you to make it? And did you like take it around the neighborhood and just play with uh, other friends? No, pretty much. I just forced my sister and brother to play it with me. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it took me, um, you know, probably about a month for each one. I was pretty oh, dedicated. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so then, then you decided uh, after a long while to make uh, more games, and so, so what happened then? Well, it sort of started out when I was in my last two years of college. I'd never had very much computer experience. I grew up in a very small town in rural Wyoming, and computers were pretty much non-existent. And so I, my first taste was when I went to college. And in my junior year, I took a programming class. I was an English major, by the way. I took oh. a programming class for the heck of it, and I loved it. But unfortunately, I was too far in my degree to change modes. So I just played with programming. And then when I got out of school, I had sufficient enough programming experience. So I just decided to build a game. I had nothing else to do. OK, cool. Um, and did you, uh, when you decided to do that, was there any particular type of game you wanted to make? Or were you just going to start out with something basic and, and go from there? I wanted to play an adventure game. I wanted to play King's Quest. And oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, my first game, I, I loved the King's Quest games and the Monkey Island games. Yeah. And I really, I, I'd seriously, I'd been so long away from computer games. I was just so busy with college and working that I didn't have time for any of that. So I went to the store expecting to be able to find <laughs> one of those games, and no, there was nothing there. There was Diablo, which was all right, but... But most of the games just that I liked just weren't available anymore. So it oh, seemed okay. the only, it seemed that's what I had to do. Oh, I okay, had to make cool. it. Um, so you decided to make this adventure game, and um, 
what, what were you thinking at that point? Were you going to try to get it published? Was it was this oh, to entertain no. you? Yeah, this was just to entertain myself. So oh. I made the game, and then I just released it on the Internet uh, to a couple of, like, forums where other people make games for free. And, oh. yeah, it was a real experience. It was a pretty terrible game, but <laughs> I learned from it. Did you use Did you use one of those adventure maker things? Yeah, or? I did. I used the oh, one. Wow. Yeah, I used Chris Jones Adventure Maker, and that that was sort of my first real introduction to uh, programming. It it wasn't. It's not really programming. It's more like JavaScripting, to be quite honest with you, because you do yeah, a lot of scripting. Yeah. But for somebody like me, I just I, I'm so you know half of my interest is I really love to write the uh, I like to write the scripts. Or yeah, exactly. I, like, I noticed that way. And I like to I like to paint, and so I wanted to do all of these things and to try to like do all of it in a reasonable amount of time. I had to find myself an engine, so that's what I did. Okay, cool. Um, so you released this game, and and what happens after that? Oh, oh, it totally got shut down. It was so funny. Like everyone in the community, they're like, "What is this? This sucks." <laughs> I was like crushed, but. But you know, I just I picked up what I could and I took notes. Um, I took notes, and you know, I just you know I realized that they had they were they were right. It it was it was a good first attempt, but uh, wow. to make a game really good, it just takes some time. Yeah. And well, what what were the major issues that they pointed out? I mean, because it could. Oh. It could be just because their <laughs> their preferences are totally different than yours. You know. And... I, it was too vanilla. It was, okay. it was too vanilla. I, you know, I was just excited at that point to see my little character walk from one end of the screen to the other. And so the little character just walked from screen to screen, and maybe the character would pick up something. But there was, there was nothing really uh, catching about the game. There was nothing that uh, really branded it as different or unique. Okay. And do you think that a better story then would have done that? Or, I mean, yes. at that point, what were you thinking would actually make it compelling? I mean, better gameplay, better story, better art? I think, well, definitely better art. But okay. I, I think the story is the key. And with that game, there really wasn't much of a story. It was pretty much uh, um, this garden has lost all of its trees, and you have to go and you know find seeds and plant new trees in the garden. So maybe okay. not not a very exciting storyline. Okay. Um, so... For your next project after that, were you thinking that you're going to focus on improving the story big time, or did you have any other goals? Yes, that was my that was my goal, and I wanted okay. to do some more art, so I, I like doing game art. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so then, talk about your next project. All right. So the next project was Armin's Prophecy, which was just a free little RPG game. And I just used another game engine, just a little RPG maker for it. As you can see, I to me, it's really I have fun actually making the game and painting yeah. it in a sense. So that's sort of I'm, I'm more of a level designer than anything. But okay. anyway, so I made that game and I released it for free, and it got a million downloads in a year. And oh, wow. I realized that, and then I had this little forum, and my forum just exploded. <laughs> so I realized, just like, wait a minute, I maybe I could actually make games for a living, you know, as opposed oh, to just okay. giving them away. And and so I decided that my next game, Avion, I would try to sell it. Um, now, when you when you released this game, did you uh, go back to the same community that 
that you posted the adventure game to, or was this a totally different community? Totally different community. Okay, and what was the response there? Uh, they thought it was okay, and in some ways they were actually right. I the community I went to, most of them are just they make games for free. They're a lot of them think that everything needs to be free, and if anything isn't free, then you know, all hell breaks loose and it, it's it's horrible. But there were there are a lot of amazing designers out there who start yeah. games and don't finish them. And so a lot of the kids were used to seeing these games that had amazing demos that other people had created, but no one would ever finish them. So oh. mine was mine was sort of a mix there. They some of them really liked it, some of them disliked it. So it but it was better than the first one, definitely. Okay. And did you do anything different in your creative process for this one? You yes. You talked about improving the story and, um, you know, doing more artwork. And it just sounds like you wanted, like you have this artistic uh, perspective on the design of games. And I was just wondering if the process was any different. And if it was different, what, what was different about it? Well, the biggest difference was that I went from drawing uh, just regular backgrounds to tiles. And... And so that was sort of exciting, working with uh, tile-based games, because you could just build these gigantic maps, and I loved that. So I, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I did uh, create a design document for the second game. I was more ambitious with it. The first one, I just sort of grabbed it out of my head and built it um, on, the, on a fly. The second one, I was more careful with my storyline, and I, I really did think about it and research it. Okay, well, um, talk, well, tell me about the storyline and what you exactly research. All right, well, the storyline follows pretty much any typical RPG game. In my opinion, though, that's, that's the seller, though. I mean, people talk about, oh, we need something more original, this, that. But the truth is, I think a lot of people, there are certain things about a game that people just want to go back to over and over again. And, you know, I wanted to sort of tap into the nostalgia of, okay. of what we miss about games, what I like about them. Um, I researched uh, Persia. Persia, I, I love to grab um, all of the, the little monsters in my games, and I just, I love the fables. Anything about Persia, I, I like to bring into my games. So when you play my game, you're probably going to get little touches of Persia and, uh, and a lot of the fables that came out of that region. Oh, okay, cool. Um, okay, cool. So you finished this game, and you're thinking that you can make games and sell them. So what were you thinking next? I was thinking that I had to use, because Ironman's Prophecy was so popular, I decided that I needed to stick with that template, and that's what I did. So uh -huh. the second game is a continuation of Ironman's Prophecy, except 30 years later with completely new characters. But I wanted to tie the games together so that people who'd played Ironman's Prophecy would be excited when they played the new game. Some of the older characters uh, make appearances again, so that was very exciting for them. Okay, and in this new game, did you uh, do anything different from your creative process or development process or anything like that? I was much more keen to the details. I, or I'm sorry, let me reset that again. I paid attention to the details, and I wrote down everything. My records much more immaculate than they were for Aram's Prophecy. 
Okay. And I know I actually, you know, I didn't say it before, but Aramis Prophecy and Avian, they're sort of save the world games. So pretty much you're this little character. You usually start in a small little village, and uh, you find out that you're destined for greatness, and there's a demon at the end, and you have to kill it. And, and that's the excitement. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, now, for the game, when you talk about documenting stuff, did you did you do any prototyping or anything like that? Or since you already knew it was going to be an RPG and exactly what it was going to be like, it was more documentation, the design doc first? You know, everyone tells me I need to do prototypes, <laughs> and I probably should. I just haven't at this point. I usually... I know where I'm starting, and I'm very, I just plow right along until I finish. Um, the design document was huge. I am a huge planner. I spent at least three months planning before I even started uh, drawing or coding okay. or doing anything that involved the computer. Okay, and writing this story then, because, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue. Oh, yeah, 150 pages of it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess when you were when you were drafting the story, did you go to a community or did you have other people that you could bounce the ideas and the storyline off of, or were you were you did you develop it on your own? And the first time that other people could actually feel the story and see if the storyline is compelling was when you released it. I would say that I let's see. All right, um, when I created this. I did create the story, and I did send it to uh, some members who are part of my forum who are really good editors and just very, uh, really good for, uh, you know, they, they have an eye for detail. And okay. they went over the script and told me what they thought. I also sent it to an editor, and I actually, I paid for that. So I had an editor look over it and clean it up, and, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to try to edit your own work. Yeah. So well, I did that. What What were the things that they brought up, like in terms of editing the story? Was it the story structure, or was it something else? No, it wasn't the story structure. It was it was just technical things. For okay. example, all right, right now I'm a program writer, so I know how to write really uh, technical documentation sort of things. Yeah. And writing writing creative. Uh, documents is a little bit different in how you use commas and semicolas and all of those sorts of things. Oh, okay. The rules are different. And so I had to, um, the biggest thing was that I wasn't putting my commas where I needed to or I was, okay. they were too technical. So <laughs> I had to uh, clean it up and make it a little bit softer. Okay. Well, from a creative point of view, did you, did you use any of the internet forums or anything else to get feedback on that aspect? Um. On the story, I did a little bit. I would give hints about the story, and I would just read the comments, and if people didn't like it, then I would modify a little, modify it a little bit. But in general, they were really excited about it. Okay. And so all the feedback then from the story was from your community? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, also, uh, in a previous interview, uh, I asked the uh, developer about the community's role in the development of games and also just in terms of uh, marketing and promotion. Sure. And since you released a game and before this point, and then they were actually waiting for this game, can you walk me through 
the whole process? I mean, was your community growing at that time? Oh, yeah. Just... Yeah, it's been okay. slowly growing. But uh, one of the things that I do, what's really important to me, is that I want them to be involved in uh, our month games. I want them to be involved in what's going on, and I want them to have a say. In my opinion, they know best what they want, yeah. and it's my responsibility to listen to them. I also feel that I'm just a player, just like them, and that their opinions count. And so one of my uh, the very important things that I've done is the community is pretty much involved in everything I do. Okay. And and there's no concern. They, they're totally fine with collaborating with you in making the next game and stuff. Because that, that was definitely the case in the previous interview. Yes, yes, it's okay. fine. I mean, I do worry sometimes about, well, what if somebody wants to sue me for this or that? So <laughs> I try to, if, if I see a really original game idea or... Or, you know, something that I think really just belongs to that person, then I, I tell them, you know, I, I can't use it just because it's 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 theirs. And okay. but but usually what I'll do is I just sort of um, people will submit a whole bunch of feedback, and then I'll just sort of uh, glean from that feedback and create a new spin on content. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Are are there any other ways that you develop the community? Do you have contests or anything else? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, again, community central, so I, I'm still trying to grow it. There are contests. I have contests usually every month. Uh, the latest one is I'm trying to get these kids who love, not just kids, actually. There are a lot of people on there who aren't kids. There are people older than me, younger than me, my age. Anyway, so I, the players... Um, so anyway, this last contest, um, I'm trying to get them to make games. I think okay, cool. a lot of these players, um, they love to play games, and they should give it a try. So I'm trying to convince some of them to get into the game so I can play their games. Uh, there's also an art gallery where they can submit their art for the game, just for the heck of it. There's the forums, of course, polls. I'm trying to expand the community. I, I like the Neopets model, so I, I'd like to uh, take that and modify it to fit a more mature audience. Okay, and how, how is the response then to all of these things of having the audience and the community create stuff? Oh, oh it's really great. They love it, okay. and I love it too. I get so excited, and it's so much fun to like see what everyone's working on, and and like this latest game contest. The the players they're submitting games, and some of them are just great. I'm like, wow, you should you know get into game development. <laughs> awesome, but I just there. It's really great. It's been just so positive. Okay, cool. Um, what is the response, like, in terms of response rate? If you have a community, what percent would actually participate in creating content? Because that's another thing that um, a previous game developer mentioned, was that they would rely on their audience for just helping design levels and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done that. But, okay. but they do tell me when I send out my game for beta... If they don't like something, they tell me. <laughs> so, okay, cool. so that helps. Um, the community, let's see. Does that, that probably doesn't answer it, does it? Um, well, I mean, are there any other surprises that you've had with the community or anything else that you've just been amazed about in terms of the value of the community? Oh, well, yeah. It's, it's really cool to watch people become friends. And cool. it's really cool to <laughs> become friends with the people. And, and it's just one of the things that I think is really great about about it, especially the internet in general, is that 
there are people logging on from all over the world, and yeah. everyone's talking to one another, and and so if something happens in some crazy part of the world that I wouldn't normally know about, if I know somebody in the community who's over there, I worry for them, or you know, I'm excited for them about whatever is happening over there. So I think it really helps to uh, to bring people together from all places around the globe as well. Uh, we get exposed to. I'm getting exposed to all sorts of you know different different uh, holidays and and going ons. Oh, cool. A lot of a lot of kids from Asia. There are these cool Asian holidays you know, that happen over in Japan and China. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea, that, you know, you guys had something like this. And so just just opens your mind. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So so you release Avion, and um, you've got this community waiting for it. And um, so what happens then? So what happens then? Well, after I released it, I started to uh, market it slowly and try to learn the space that I've gotten myself into. So I pretty much took the steps that I took with Armin's Prophecy and uh, just continued to march onward and and uh, do even more. Okay. Now, can you talk about the marketing? Um, was there anything out of the ordinary that you did? Was or I mean, what did you or who did you look okay. for or who did you learn from for the marketing? Um, okay, learn. From, yeah. Okay. Grubby Games was definitely one for me. They released a game uh, called Professor Fizzlewizzle a couple of oh, months yeah. ago. And I looked at them, and it was their first game. And I was thinking, wow, how did they do that? So I really paid attention to what they were doing and emailed them and got some information on you know, how to go about getting your game out there. Uh, the freeware market is much different than the shareware market. So, oh, really? Okay. Oh, yes, most what's, definitely. Well, what's what's the hugest difference, aside from the price? I mean, well, the it's, yeah, you know, people just, if something is free, everyone downloads it. But okay. uh, if you're actually selling something, I was going through a number number of uh, places that only accepted freeware, and as soon as I, you know, created a game that could only be sold to shareware, a lot of those avenues were cut off. So I had to figure out um, how to get it to people. That that was that was a big one. It, it started out a little bit slow, but but there was a lot of learning going on, and the best. Were you were you allowed to mention your game? In the freeware version, or was that still considered not good? Um, the oh, you mean Armin's Prophecy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yes, I did. Except okay. I did it through I did it through um, the game itself. So when you play the game and you finish it, then it talks about Avion at the very end. And oh, okay. So that that's how I did that. Okay. But cool. but pretty much uh, the best thing I did was I hired a marketing guy called Joe Lieberman. Oh yeah. He he's I was just clueless. I had no idea, you know, what to do and how to get it out there and Joe just came in and helped me out and just the return was amazing. It was just, you know, fourfold. Really great. Okay, awesome. Um cool. Any besides that, was there any other marketing thing that you did? I do a little bit of guerrilla marketing, of course, because when you're really small, it's pretty much the only option you have. So uh, one of the things that I did that was sort of cool, um, sometimes some of the players can't afford the game. And what I do when they actually can't afford it, I put them to work. 
So I say, all right, I will give you this game if you go out there and, you know, maybe make some flyers for the game, tell your friends about it, or do whatever. And they go do it, and I give them the game, and they turn into, like, the marketing geniuses for me. I mean, they're out there promoting all over the place, and oh, it's just cool. amazing. Yeah, because, you know, some people just don't have the money, or they live in an area in the world where uh, the U.S. dollar is just way too expensive for them. Yeah, So, definitely. And just... The people that I've done that with have been just so cool about it and have gone above and beyond. Like, even after I gave them the game, they're still out there just promoting the heck out of it and, you know, sending me all sorts of, like, cool graphics that they've made for the game and flyers. And so, yeah, that really helped. That was that was different, and I think it worked. Okay, awesome. Um, I also noticed that you have uh, T-shirts on your site. <laughs> and, uh, was that a recent thing, or is that is that part of their promotion? Is that... That has, it's been there for a while. I don't think anybody has actually bought a t-shirt, but <laughs> uh, a while ago, uh, the kids had a, uh, the players had a poll, and they wanted t-shirts. So I said, all right, fine, I'll give you some t-shirts. So I put the t-shirts up there, and now I have it set up so that, uh, I, I need to actually promote it a little more, but the way I have it set up, uh, anybody submit a design for a t-shirt, and if I think it's good enough, I'll put it in the t-shirt gallery. All of the proceeds, if if anybody decides to buy a T-shirt, all of the proceeds are going to go to a charity. Until actually somebody buys one, I haven't decided which charity it will go to, but no money will go into my pocket. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. There are other RPG games out there from indie game developers, sure. and uh, have you have you looked into those? And what do you think about the competition in that space? Because it's not the casual game space necessarily, sure. but sure. it seems like it's an emerging market. It's, yeah. You know, I, I think that prefer game preference has a lot to do with uh, trends, sort of like bell-bottoms, right? Okay. For a while, bell-bottoms are really popular, and then everyone gets sick of them, and they go out of style, and everyone wants those little, little zipper bottoms for their yeah. jeans. And then people get sick of those, and they want to go back. So I just think that I think the market's always revolving, and people are probably just getting a little tired of what's out there right now, and they want to try something different and new. The, the games that are out there right now, I don't think a lot of them are actually in the same space as Avion, because... I think that they're a little uh, less casual. Like, Avian is really cutesy and sort of innocent, where some of these, some of the other RPGs that are out there by the indies, they're they're more serious. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And you can tell just by looking at the graphics and and the storyline. Just just a more serious sort of game. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. Do you have any? Concerns about the changes in the in the online RPG industry at this point. Do I have concerns? Well, well, I think I would like to play some more RPGs like mine. So if somebody creates some, yeah, it's more competition, but in, I'll have another game to play. I'm sort of lacking in games right now, so <laughs> I don't well, mind well, it. Rumor has it that you're on a real arcade now, so... What? Oh, they, they might have a beta. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Beta on there, yeah. I think okay. they're, they, they may be testing it out with their audience, so... Okay. Um, well, do you see that as as a decent venue or avenue for distribution, then, of the RPGs, or... Oh, sure. Mean? Sure. Okay. You know, 
I have, I, when I went to this, I went to a casualty conference just about a week ago, and in my opinion, when you look at a lot of these, when you look at a lot of these uh, casual games, you'll notice that even the top sellers always have a certain look. Like they're, they're just, they have a certain look to them, and I think, I think it's actually the look, and uh, the look that really makes a big difference, or the style. In a sense, I think that the games themselves will change, but I think the style will stay the same. And I know that there are a lot of uh, serious, more serious games that have been launched on portals that have done very well. But in general, when you look at the games that have done well, they they have a very uh, light-hearted look to them. Okay, cool. Um, let's see. So, what's your next game going to be? Well, the next game is actually going to be a little more casual than the game I've made right now. And it should be out in six months. It's going to be a pet game. And oh, right. okay. yeah, it's going to be, it's going to bring a little bit of adventure and a little bit of Diner Dash. I'll, I'm going to sort of blend a couple of ideas that I like from existing games and make something new, make something a little different. So Cool. So is this going to be... So you're moving away from the RPG genre? Nope, I'm not moving away from the RPG genre. What I'm actually doing is I do not want to saturate my players with the same games over and over again. So what I'd like to do is just shake it up once in a while. We have another large RPG on the horizon, which is going to be very cute, by the way. But I need some time to hash it out, and I'd like to take a break for a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, so walk me through the development process of this upcoming game. Oh, of the F well, uh, for this one I'm going to be using the Torque engine, Torque 2D. Oh. So yeah, I'm I'm actually glad. I I think I think it will be fun. Uh, it's going to involve. I have a musician. I have a really great pixel artist who I'm going to be working with. And there's so much. I, I'm not quite sure that I can uh, tell you too much about it at this point because it's still in the very early design stages. I, th the plan was to start designing it last week, but with all of this Avion madness, it's been pushed back for just a little bit. But it should be about six. It should be available in January or February. Now, for this game, since it's going to be a little bit different, are you going to do some prototyping initially, or are you still going to go with the process of yes? Big design doc and then develop. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and go through with the design document. This one is much simpler than the one I had to make for Aviond, but I'm definitely going to do a prototype on this one because it's something very different than I've seen out there, and I need to make sure that I like it first. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> um, is story going to be a big part in this one too? Yes, it is. Even though it's going awesome. to, even though it's going to um, be sort of. Uh, a task-based game. There's the story is going to be huge in it. So okay. Well, since you you consider story a major part of the game. Yes. Okay. Do you spend any time then reading up on how to write a script and how to write better stories and stuff like that, or do you just does it just pretty much flow out of you? It just flows. I, I think okay. I, I usually actually. As opposed to looking at how to write a script or how to write this, I try to look for answers different areas, like like I'll, I'll read a novel, and I'll say, well, how do they set this up? A lot of, it's, it's really funny, I laugh about it, because I write my games the way I would probably write a novel. I outline it like a novel, I, I just, 
I write it like a writer, as opposed to maybe a game designer. Okay, cool. Um, what are your favorite novels? Oh, anything by Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time, all of them. <laughs> okay, cool. And Neil Gaiman. Awesome. And what would you say are your favorite games that you've played recently? That I've played recently? Oh, man. I think my favorite game is... Let's see, what have I played recently? It's been so long. I've just been working like crazy. Um, I really liked Fate. I thought Fate was really cute. Oh, and Yes, or YS. I have a PlayStation, and so I, I bought this game called YS. Okay. And it's really good. It was never really marketed in the U.S. Oh, but it's so adorable. Okay, cool. One of them was an RPG. So, well, I guess they're both RPGs. Okay. Awesome. Um, let's see. What do you consider, then, as the future of games? The future of games. The future of games. Well, you know, I think it's going to be the same as it is now. You know, there's going to be little changes here, little changes there. And, you know, I, I don't see it as... Okay, well, let's see. I don't I don't see it changing that much. I, I do think that um, the online market is probably going to expand as more people get online and... I keep hearing a lot about these item-based games that are coming out of Asia that are really popular. I, I think that if uh, if um, maybe Europe and the Americas, if they have some sort of a payment system like they've got set up in Asia, we might see something like that become more popular. Yeah. yeah online I mean, is big. Okay. Maybe online portals. Oh, yeah. Or not, not, I mean, not like online portals, but actually like maybe you actually log into the game. And yeah. in the game, actually, you're in the game, and then you like go to different areas, and there are different games within the game, or something like that. Oh. Okay. I have a I have a friend who's working on something like that, and I, th I think it's, he's on to something. So. Cool. Well, do you do you ever think about the changes in business models or other types of changes that'll happen because of the online space, and how it possibly relates to your games? Oh, you know, I don't even know. I'm so new to the space that. I just I just haven't been around long enough that I could probably give you a really good answer. Okay. I'm I'm just fresh <laughs> fresh from the green. Awesome. Well, have you what do you think then of the game development community in general? And I mean, I found you through Indie Gamer and I was just wondering how long you've been on there and um, any other places that you frequent yeah. to hone your game development skills. Well, the Indie Gamer forum is probably is my favorite place to lurk. I love those guys. They're so cool. And guys, too. Um, I, think, I think that a lot of... I think that a lot of game developers are more interested in what other game developers uh, think of them. For example, not so, much yeah. with the, not, not so much with the indie gamer forums, but in other larger forums. <laughs> it's... They, they seem to... A lot of them seem to forget about that they're making games for players, and they're more interested in making games that would appeal to programmers. Yeah, and that's... sort of like, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm a champion for, you don't have to be a programmer to make games anymore. I'm, I'm a huge champion for these game engines that are coming out. I think that there are a lot of people that could um, literally just overwhelm us with what they can do. They just haven't yet because they're, they don't know that these things are available for them. Well, along that lines, then, are you concerned that by using Torque 2D, um, 
you're going to be focusing so much on the technical aspect or just the programming aspect that you won't necessarily have the focus on the game itself. I'm not too worried. I've worked with Torque 3D a little bit, and it was pretty easy to, to get okay. through. It's just because this game is so much smaller, I'll, the next one, I'll be able to have a little bit more fun with it. I mean, I've programmed a little bit in the past. In fact, well, I would say I've programmed a lot, but I just don't... Um, I just don't see it as being a huge problem. Okay. Um, are there any favorite game design books or game books that you've read that have inspired you or found interesting? Well, I think Joseph Lieberman's uh, indie game book, a marketing book, is probably one of the best buys I've picked up. And he was a great buy just having him work for me, but the book itself just has so many important things that anybody getting into the industry, into the indie gaming industry, really should know. It's just very helpful. Okay. Cool. Um, let's see. Do you have any uh, perspectives on someone who wants to get into game development right now? I Since you've, you've gone through a kind of a non-traditional route in the sure. sense that you, you use Game Maker and RPG Maker, you actually made some cool games from it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come down to whether you're a great programmer, it doesn't come down to whether you're a great writer or whatever. You just have to be able to start a project and finish it. And you have to have the ability to finish something that you started. I guess I just said that before, but it's true. Most of the people who start games, 98% who start never finish. And it doesn't matter how good a programmer you are. There are tons of really amazing programmers out there who start these games, they don't finish. How could I have, right? So it just comes back to you just got to buckle down and go with it. It's Some parts of it are fun. A lot of parts are really difficult and just time-consuming. Yeah, exactly. Um, where do you see your studio going then in five or ten years? I'm going to keep the studio very small. Uh, the goal is to uh, continue to put out quality games, and I, I have really no desire to grow. I just want to keep a very small, tight, amazing staff around me. Okay, awesome. And what would you say, then, are the most important lessons you've learned through this whole game development process and journey? The most important lessons are branding, 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 branding. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't underestimate marketing. Don't underestimate marketing. Before you even release your game, make sure that you have all of your marketing materials ready to go. Make sure that your graphics for your marketing are polished and professional, and don't send it out before. Okay. Well, what percent of your time would you say when you're working on your studio is, is spent towards marketing? 50%. 50%, yeah. So, hey, making the game is half the battle, it's just half the battle. But if you actually want to get it out there, marketing is going to take a lot of your time. Uh, for me, a lot of the marketing happened after I made the game, but pretty much since, you know, I did a sort of a quiet release of the game in January, I've been marketing since then like crazy. And it's taken that long just to really pick up speed, so just expect to do a lot of marketing, especially if it's your first game. Okay. Well, marketing seems like a vague term. Are there any specific things that you that you do that you find very useful and compelling? Sure. You need to talk to as many uh, people. Uh, go to the portals. Uh, you know, go to the download sites. Talk to magazines. Uh, you know, do something like this. You know, go through. Uh, you know, 
do this. You just have to get out there, get into the community, go to conferences, get online, go to the indie gamer forums, and talk yeah. to people. Just get integrated. Okay, cool. Now that's from that's for the game development perspective, or even the game community in terms of bringing more people into your community. Are there any other specific things that you do? Oh, sure, definitely. <laughs> well, you know, I, I like to put lots of uh, you know in my games. I put lots of little hangers in there that, you know, some quests that might be a little more difficult to solve, so where do they come? They have to come to my community. So, you know, they, they type in Avion help, and then voila, my site appears at the top of the list. They go to the forum, they ask a question. Before they know it, people are talking to them, and they're staying. So Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see. Are there any other things you want to say to the game development community before we uh, call it a ball game? I just want to say um, just do it. Don't, if you start something, make sure that you finish it, even if you hate it, you know, if you're, even when you're like 75% done, just finish it. Once you finish something, it makes it much easier to, you know, continue to finish projects in the future. I do have one uh, small thing to say before we cut this off, and that is, uh, this is, you know, sort of about Avion. I have another version of Avion coming out this weekend. It's the enhanced version. The enhanced version uh, contains a number of upgrades that players requested in the last six months. So to look look forward to that. Okay, cool. Thanks very much, Amanda. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. All right.